Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have early results from the Harvest Sample Program. And up first in today's country comment, we'll look back on the weeds this 2021 growing season with Provincial Weed Specialist Kim Brown Livingston. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is the province's weed specialist, Kim Brown Livingston, to look back on the 2021 growing season. You know, it's been a tough season on so many fronts, and and especially on weed control. You know, we were so very dry at the beginning. We didn't have a lot of weeds come up. And then after that, you know, we got little flushes of rain, and so some of the weeds were coming, but it was really difficult for guys to spray. Um, you know, there wasn't sometimes just a lot of weeds to spray and the crops were not looking great because it was so dry. So, you know, you really need to be careful where you're spending that money um, for weed control. And then we had a terrible uh, time in spray season. We did not have a lot of good days for spraying. We either had high winds or we had a lot of temperature extremes, you know, from a frost event to plus 30 days within, you know, 10 days time in some cases. So it was really, really challenging from from that perspective as well. So it's been a really tough year for weed control. And just with the drought situation and a lot of other issues, you know, a lot of insect pressure early on in the year in our canola, a lot of grasshopper pressure later on uh, for our cereals and our other crops. We haven't had a lot of crop competition. This, is, this has not been a good year for crop competition. So it, it's been a good year for weeds that, that did end up germinating a little bit later and we do see a lot of fields are weedier than, than usual. They're, they're just a little bit messier. There's a lot more weeds in them, um, a combination of a bunch of factors. And, and it's just, like I said, it's been a difficult year all around. And it's been a really difficult year for weed control, especially. Was there anything else you wanted to, to mention? or? Uh, yeah, I'm just, we're, I'm always, uh, you know, want to talk about the water hemp situation. Like we are finding uh, pockets of it and it is a tier one noxious weed. Uh, it must be destroyed. Uh, we can't let it go to seed. It can't, you know, it just, it has to be destroyed. There is just, um, there's just no exceptions to that. Uh, this is a, these are terrible weeds. The tier one weeds are very competitive weeds that can cause an awful lot of uh, economic loss. Um, and especially something like a water hemp that gets into our croplands um, and, you know, really, really limits growing uh, crops like soybeans and corn and, uh, and sunflowers because a, a lot of our herbicide options are limited in those, in those crops anyways. And we end up, you know, really limited when we end up with multi-way resistant uh, water hemp or, you know, other weeds like that. So just really be uh, vigilant on watching for this weed. We're seeing it stick up above the soybean crops right now because this weed can get quite tall. So anybody, you know, our soybeans are all still out in the field. Um, Some of them are drying down. And so, again, we really would be able to see the weed issues in those fields now. And so anything that you're suspect of, please take a look at it if you're not sure um, you know, we've got lots of people that know how to ID it. Um, there's good ID guides online. I've referenced a lot of these in the crop report. And also the uh, Pest Surveillance Initiative Lab in Winnipeg does free DNA testing so you know which species of um, pigweed it is. A lot of them look quite a bit alike. So it's nice to know whether it's one of the really bad ones or just one of the not-so-bad ones. <laughs> so anyways, that would be something that I would really be watching for in my soybean fields. It'll be easiest to see, but watch your sunflower and your corn fields as well uh, because it does tend to get away on us in those row crops, uh, those row crops, um, you know, just for a number of reasons. But it's something that we, we really have to be careful of. It. it is in Manitoba. We are eradicating it where we find it. 
but um, you know, it may there may be more out there than we found. So please watch for that. That was provincial weed specialist Kim Brown Livingston. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Knute. Organic farmers in Manitoba now have their own checkoff. Karen Clausen is program manager of the Manitoba Organic Alliance. It became law on August 12th. We've been sort of waiting for news for a few months. We were never sure when exactly it would happen. Of course, then it happens in the middle of harvest season. So it's caught us uh, by surprise as well. And we've got a lot of things we're trying to get in place so we can start uh, collecting this checkoff. Manitoba is the first province to have a checkoff for organic farmers. And the Canadian Wheat Research Coalition, alongside the Western Greens Research Foundation and the Saskatchewan Winter Cereals Development Commission, have committed funding to a core breeding agreement with the University of Manitoba. Valued at over $3.5 million over five years, the agreement will ensure the continuation of the Fusarium Head Blight Nursery Program along with the Winter Wheat Breeding Program. Dr. Martin Scanlon is Dean with the Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences at the University of Manitoba. I think it's going to be good for training, I mean, which is what the university is primarily involved in. It's going to be good for innovation, which is another great focus for the university. The Canadian Wheat Research Coalition is a collaboration between the Alberta Wheat Commission, Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission, and the Manitoba Crop Alliance. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, September 3rd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have an update on the Harvest Sample Program. Joining us now is Daryl Bezweatherick, Program Manager with the Canadian Grain Commission, to give us an update on the Harvest Sample Program. Early on, um, I think it, it was uh, really good, actually. You know, um, it's been a tough year. Actually, with uh, you know the lack of moisture, um, and the yields are definitely going to be down, you know, across the prairies. But the quality that was coming in early uh, was really good, actually. Um, in the wheat, we were, you know, it was number one. Had some really good test weights, um, and uh, pulse crops were coming in. It, you know, some issues with color, but that's pretty normal um, from any year. So, so early on, uh, everything looked pretty well. I guess in terms of um, how many samples or responses you got this year, what were numbers looking like or what kind of response did you get? Um, you know what, we send out uh, you know, around 20,000, 30,000 envelopes uh, to producers across the prairies. Uh, typically we get back uh, you know, around uh, 12,000, 13,000, 14,000 depending on the crop year. And uh, this year so far we're about 1,500. So just nicely getting going and uh, the samples will really, you know, start to come in over the next two months. In addition to, to quality, are there other um, factors that you're looking at? Yeah, you know what, uh, for in the harvest sample program, we uh, we do look at all, uh, all grading factors. Um, and then also we do supply some analytical testing. So in wheat, we'll provide dawn and falling number. Uh, and, uh, and then in pulse crops, you know, we will supply like in canola, we'll give the chlorophyll and the protein content. And, and so we provide some of that uh, other information that, uh, producers may be interested in. For those who are, uh, I guess, still, still interested in, in doing that here this year, talk about the process and, and what they, uh, receive in return. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 
uh, we can, and you can, producers can still sign up, uh, and uh, they can go to our uh, website at uh, grainscanada.gc.ca, um, and they can sign up right on there, or they can call in um, and uh, or to one of our service centers, uh, you know, depending on where they are in in Western Canada, Calgary, uh, Saskatoon, Weyburn, or here in Winnipeg, and uh, they can. Um, uh, get signed up. Uh, we'll send out envelopes to them if they haven't received them already. And uh, they, we have a deadline of uh, November 30th uh, that we want to see them back, but we encourage producers to send back those uh, envelopes as soon as possible so that uh, they can uh, get the information uh, to use when they're marketing. And also we like to get our composites made and start gathering uh, the crop quality uh, as soon as possible. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, we appreciate all the samples that producers send in and, uh, we, we put them to good use. Is it a one page report they get back on that or? Yeah, they can, uh, they'll get a, a, a one page report with all the grading information and, uh, analytical data on it. And, uh, and they can, uh, yeah, keep that and they can take that to the elevator if they want and show what the CDC has graded it and, uh, just use that information. Uh, you know, when they're marketing. So. And as far as the uh, the Canadian Grain Commission, what do you guys do with the information? Oh, we're, uh, we want to keep a uh, look at it for crop quality, compare it to previous years to see, you know, what, uh, you know, how does it compare? And, uh, you know, are we improving crop quality? Is it staying the same? Uh, you know, we can sometimes see uh, uh, if there's any grading issues that we want to do some research on to ensure the tolerances that we have in our grading system are uh, reflective of the crop quality and uh, the end use functionality um and uh yeah we we use it to uh talk to customers of canadian wheat so we have international customers that will um well pre-covid has uh, would come into our office or now we do a video calls and and uh we can uh, talk about the quality and promote uh, canadian grain to, to our customers and uh and, uh, you know, show them the quality that they can expect. And, you know, in certain years, it's, it's good. Uh, you know, we can brag up how good our quality is. And in other years when we have some issues and we can help to, uh, you know, um, show them what the quality is and how to use Canadian wheat. And, uh, so that, uh, you know, they aren't surprised when they get some, some quality that maybe not quite as good as what they get on an average year. So, um, you know, as this year, we've seen some rains now uh, through throughout Western Canada, and so we're anticipating that the quality is going to drop from what we've uh, initially seen. Uh, but we'll wait and see and, and see what happens with uh, as the envelope continues. That was Daryl Bezweatherick with the Canadian Grain Commission giving us an update on the Harvest Sample Program. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. 4-H Manitoba's 2021-22 season Starts this month with 130 clubs throughout the province. If you are age 6 to 25 and would like to join a club near you, contact the Brandon office at 204-726-6136 
or visit 4h.mb.ca. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, Emily Robb of Brandon is one of two Canadians selected to participate in the 2021 Youth Egg Summit in November. 100 youth from 44 countries will take part in the virtual summit. Emily chatted with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. This Youth Egg Summit is a biennial event uh, which happens once every two years and it's put on by Bayer Global. And it's going to be occurring uh, November 16th and 17th over a virtual platform because we all know the pandemic's kind of putting a damper on a few travel plans. It's supposed to be held in China. So it's crazy to think that I'm supposed to be going to China in November, but it's just a virtual platform, which is kind of easier logistically if you think about it for 100 youth worldwide. And it's people ages 18 to 25, and it's all just people who are passionate about agriculture and wanting to make ideas that help to solve food insecurity and help to make sustainable choices and everything like that. And I can definitely say that I'm a passionate youth who wants to kind of stop food insecurity, make agriculture more sustainable so we can have a better society all around. How did you make the roster, the list, to to be one of two Canadians to to participate in this? Well, it was an application-based thing. They didn't, like, seek us out or anything and choose us without any sort of consent or anything. But I had made my application that involved a video about what I do and um, how that... um, is kind of related to agriculture, which primarily involves my science fair endeavors, which is uh, making specific hydroponic fertilizers for arugula, lettuce, and other sort of crops so I can make them produce more efficiently and economically. So that was kind of my selling point as for why I should be involved with all these individuals. And I guess Bayer Canada, who was the selection committee for the Canadian people, liked that idea, and I was selected as one of the 100. And what about the summit itself? How excited are you to participate? And and what do you hope comes out of that summit? Oh, I'm so excited. I couldn't believe when I got the email that I was selected. Like, I thought it was initially an email that was talking about how I got declined from it. But no, it wasn't. I was actually accepted into it. And it was so crazy because I never thought that I was, like, of that high of a caliber that I could be selected among 100 individuals worldwide. But I'm so excited to be a part of it, and I can't believe that there's other youth out there that are just as passionate about this as I am because I thought I was a crazy one, (laughs) just kind of doing my own things in agriculture, doing stuff in my basement for research and development. But there's other crazies out there just like me that also want to see good change in the world. And finally, where are you at with your studies? I've talked to you over the years with science fair uh, activities, but where are you at uh, with your your studies? Um, As for science fair, it's not as crazy as it used to be. I'm not dedicating a whole lot of time to it because I'm also going off to university. I'll be in Winnipeg in the fall at the University of Manitoba studying agroecology as a part of a four-year program there. Um, for a Bachelor of Science in Agroecology. Um, but I still am trying to squeeze in just a little bit of this stuff because I really enjoy what I do as far as science fair goes. And though I'm not eligible to participate in science fairs anymore, I still want this research and development to come about. And the Youth Ag Summit is really giving me a platform to be able to pursue my passion like this. That was Emily Robb of Brandon, one of two Canadians selected to participate in the 2021 Youth Egg Summit in November. She was chatting with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Canadian Wheat Research Coalition, alongside the Western Grains Research Foundation and the Saskatchewan Winter Cereals Development Commission, have committed funding to a core breeding agreement with the University of Manitoba. 
Valued at over $3.5 million over five years, the agreement will ensure the continuation of the Fusarium Head Blight Nursery Program along with the Winter Wheat Breeding Program. Dr. Martin Scanlon is Dean with the Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences at the U of M. And I hope because as a result of the work that Dr. Boulay Babel has done to establish the program, and now with Dr. McCartney carrying on, there's going to be the release of only some good varieties in the Canadian Western Red Winter class, but there's also going to be this assessment of the resistance against Fusarium for a whole lot of other wheats uh, that are grown in Western Canada. So I, I think it's just a fantastic opportunity. We're really grateful for the sponsors for supporting it. The Canadian Wheat Research Coalition is a collaboration between the Alberta Wheat Commission, Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission, and the Manitoba Crop Alliance. And Manitoba is the first province to implement a checkoff for organic farmers. Karen Clausen is program manager of the Manitoba Organic Alliance. In 2019, Manitoba Organic Alliance, with support of its producer and and, uh, organic members, put in um, an application for this checkoff regulation. And we've had consultations with growers to find out where they want the money spent, how they want it spent, and have been doing a lot of work in the run-up to this um, being actually made a regulation in, in the last month. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We have come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday, starting at 12 noon.